Welcome to the People of Packaging podcast, where we introduce people to the world of packaging and the people of packaging to the world. Here are your hosts, Adam Peek and Ted Tate. Uh, so Ted and I are here with Chris Davidson, and you're going to learn all about Chris. So we met up at uh, Pack Expo, Chris and I did. Uh, I don't know, what was it, a month ago or something now? I, time flies by for yeah. me. Um, but we met up and we kind of, we talked uh, pretty briefly at the West Rock booth. As you guys ever been to these trade shows, it's, there's just a lot of stuff happening all the time. But we were able to connect a little bit and we're excited that Chris can be on the, the podcast with us. So you've got myself and you've got Ted. So this is our, this is our first one of these sort of tag team interviews. Uh, so it's, it's exciting on multiple fronts. Uh, so Chris, maybe why don't you um, just kind of give a, a brief introduction of really just, you know, who you are and what you do, and then we'll dig into a little bit more of your history and how you got into it. And uh, if, if memory serves, you are, um, do you have like a, a master's or a doctorate or something like that in forestry? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I do. I remember you had you had a fancy title uh, that was that sounded pretty awesome. So why don't you introduce yourself to our to our audience, and then we'll get into some questions. Sure, Adam. And um, I, so I'm Chris Davidson. I uh, I work at Westrock. My title is Director of Corporate Sustainability. Uh, I'm based out of Richmond, Virginia. And um, basically, what I do is I, I sort of help our company uh, maintain a high level of leadership in the area of sustainability. Specifically, I work on our strategies and policies around sustainability globally. Do a lot of work on our um, metrics, our reporting and goals, and also spend a good bit of time interacting with our stakeholders. So that's our customers, uh, investors, communities, and our employees, and um, also do a bit of social responsibility work. Hey, that's awesome. Um, and, and obviously, sustainability and packaging is a is is a huge component right now um not just from vanity but it's probably the most common question we got so um ted do you want to do you want to jump in and uh start start the interrogation <laughs> the podcast interrogation <laughs> i'll start the conversation not the interrogation there we go but, uh, that's better that's better okay so chris um your role in sustainability is very important can you please tell our listeners the path to get to that position? Sure. Um, it's actually been sort of a, a winding path. Um, as I told Adam, I'm actually not originally from the United States. I'm uh, from Jamaica uh, by way of England. And so I got interested in forestry when I was a teenager and uh, was lucky enough to spend the summer working in the Jamaican forestry department uh, up in the Blue Mountains of Jamaica. That sort of was the the thing that really sort of lit a fire onto me in terms of wanting to actually get into the industry and get into the business. So I came over to the States. Uh, I got a bachelor's and a master's in forestry at North Carolina State. Uh, actually got a job right after that and worked uh, for a company called Nakusa Packaging down in Florida as a land management forester. So I was actually on the natural resource side. So I had about 44,000 acres of land down in North Florida that I was responsible for. And my goal was to make sure that the sawmill down in uh, the town of Lake Butler um, had enough wood 
from our land. So it was a great introduction to um, the pulp paper and packaging and solid wood products side of the industry. Um, that was sort of the beginning. Um, I did that for about three years and then came back to school, uh, got a job as, the, uh, as a research associate at Virginia Tech in the Department of Forestry and uh, worked part-time on my PhD. I was actually uh, working on a forest service project looking at uh, gypsy moth defoliation and uh, it took me about six, six years uh, as I was working part-time. But uh, it was a good start for us as a family. That's where my daughter was born, and it was good to have a, a full-time job while also studying. I got my PhD in silviculture and ecology, and then started with a company called Champion International, uh, working in their uh, research and development organization on the, uh, on the forestry side. So over the course of my career, I have actually uh, worked for um, a number of different companies, uh, partly through the uh, mergers and acquisitions. I came to Richmond in 2012, after leaving International Paper, where I worked for about 16 years, uh, came to Richmond as the Director of Sustainable Forestry and uh, ended up uh, being the Director of Global Sustainability before we merged with Rock 10 in 2015 and became Westrock. And uh, after I joined Westrock, um, or we became Westrock, I was uh, named the Director of Corporate Sustainability, and that's what I've been doing for, um, for the last uh, four years. Hey Chris, I got I got a quick question before before Ted really jumps into any further ones because this is this is obviously the sure. most important question. Jamaican Blue Mountain it's Coffee. It's the How best. delicious is it? A scale of one to infinity. It's <laughs> it infinity, is. right? I love coffee. In fact, I love coffee way too much. And Jamaica Blue Mountain Coffee is re is really good. And <laughs> but the best way to taste is actually go to Jamaica, go into the Blue Mountains. There's a number of places you can you can get it, and it's. Uh, it's great just to sit up in the mountains and watch the mist come over and be drinking some coffee. Ted, it sounds like we need to do an on-site with yeah. Chris just to really dig into his story. Uh, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to be in Jamaica. That's right. Let's do that in the wintertime. So your mainly your career has been in forestry, which I, I find very interesting. I mean, it make, makes sense working with a packaging company dealing with paperboard. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any other exposure to packaging other than paper? Um, well, you know, since I took the, the job here at Westrock, I had have, the exposure that I've had has been, I spent a lot of time at different sustainability conferences um, and uh, interacting with a lot of um, other folks in the packaging industry. So, not directly, but I've uh, spent a lot of time talking with folks about what they do on the uh, on the plastics and the aluminum and and glass side. Um, but my my you yeah, know my my direct experience has all been with paper packaging, simply because you know my my original goal when I started out I, I wanted to be a forester and spend as much time as I could outside, and um, okay. just morph through the years from that role, taking on more responsibility, uh, and sort of moving up into different roles. Okay, interesting. Um, one question that we like to to ask of of each participant is, uh, what did you want to be as a kid growing up? Um, well, that's a dangerous question. Um, I could give you the original answer was um, I wanted to be a tiger when I was very very small. Uh, very difficult thing to do, of course. I uh, wasn't able to achieve that goal. 
as I got a little bit older, I actually wanted to be a vet. I was my, my original sort of career aspirations were to be a vet, loved animals, still love animals. And uh, I thought it would be a really, really cool thing to do. I read a lot of the, uh, the James Harriet novels, uh, English author. In fact, I think I read all of his, uh, his books. And so that was my original dream to become a vet. Okay. So being that you, you originally wanted to be a veterinarian, uh, how did the switch in, in interest happen? I think it probably happened in the last couple of years in high school. Um, I, uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do when I was, uh, in, in the last few years of high school, as I was thinking about, you know, what, what am I going to do as I, as I leave? And, uh, my mother was a, uh, the headmistress of what would, would be an elementary school here in the United States. And she, um, understood I was sort of, you know, confused, conflicted, not really sure where I should, I should think about going or what I should think about doing. She actually took me over to the United States embassy where they held an annual career fair. And, um, at that career fair, there was a booklet that spoke about all the different, um, activities or careers you could do. And there was a page on forestry and, um, it sounded really interesting. It sounded like something that I'd like to do. I loved being outside. I used to go into the hills behind our house uh, and spend a lot of time back there with my friends, you know, just exploring. Um, and so I, uh, I, uh, I, I reached out to the forestry department and uh, got a, a summer job there. Um, that summer job, actually, I was part of a, of a team that was looking at experimental uh, high lead logging in the Blue Mountains, basically trying to use cable logging to reduce the impact of harvesting in, uh, on the soils. Um, as you can imagine, the mountains are pretty steep out there. And uh, in order to be able to harvest trees, uh, you have to be very sensitive to, to that you don't impact uh, soil condition as you do that. And so they were trying a new technique and I was lucky enough to participate in that. I was, uh, I was actually a choker on the, on the cable logging crew. So that meant I went down uh, into the areas where they were harvesting and basically uh, used steel cables to to hook the logs up to the to the carriage and have it hold back up uh, to the to the roads where it was then loaded onto the trucks and taken taken to the sawmill so you know being a, a 16 year old kid and um, having an opportunity to to be outside to, to work um, you know with machinery and and, and um, just be a part of a team I just really found that to be really exciting and, and sort of fulfilling. And that was the thing that really sort of um, made it clear that uh, forestry would be something that I, uh, I could enjoy. And, and to be honest, you know, I've, uh, I've been at it for uh, over 25 years now, almost 26. Uh, different aspects, of course, uh, working on the raw material side, working in the business, and now in sustainability. But it's been great. I've, I've enjoyed all aspects of it. Every single day is, is a learning experience. So I'd recommend it to anybody. Oh, that's great. It's uh, not very often that people uh, end up working in the field that they uh, envision <laughs> know, as a high I school student. I, consider, I do consider myself lucky. Knowing what you know now, do you have any advice that you would give your the younger version um, of yourself? Yeah, sure. I think... Um, for somebody who's interested in, um, you know, in, in a period, sorry, in a in a, uh, in a career outdoors or, or, or in a career uh, sort of associated with sort of the, the green side of um, of what you could do, I would um, probably tell them to um, 
or tell myself to try to get some more experience. You know, I had that first experience um, with the forestry department before I came to college. I, looking back, I wish I'd actually done a co-op or an internship uh, with a company. Uh, here at West Rock, we do offer a lot of internships and co-ops uh, and in different aspects, whether it's on the you know, on the raw material side in terms of forestry and, and procurement or in the manufacturing converting facilities or even in the design R&D marketing or sales. We, we have a lot of opportunities for, for young folks. And I find that, um, or I think that if I had done that, I probably would have uh, sort of broadened my experience and potentially uh, sort of maybe taken a slightly different path, maybe gotten a little bit more manufacturing experience. That's the one thing that I wish I had done more of. So I think I'd recommend that they go ahead and try to do some different things with, over the course of their uh, college career, maybe in the summers or maybe even taking a semester off. Try to different aspects of, of what you're interested in. Well, that's great advice. So yeah, Chris, that, um, I mean, the background is super helpful. Obviously you've been involved in all sorts of different aspects of the of the forestry from uh did you do anything you said you were in jamaica right no i was i was a i was just basically going to school i left england when i was 11 years old uh went to jamaica and went to high school there and then i came from high school in jamaica over to the u.s got it okay um so you've you've been in this for for a, a long enough time do you remember a time where the the We'll call it the impetus or the pressure that's put on on companies like Westrock to be innovative around sustainability. Do you recall a time where it was this important with public pressure? Obviously, internally, it's probably it's always been important, but just with the public, it seems like to me, it's we're getting more and more and more. Uh, it, businesses are starting to drive sustainability. Consumers are driving sustainability. Or do you feel like it's always kind of been that way? I think from from an internal standpoint, it's always been something that we've been heavily focused on. Obviously, you know, we're a company that uses raw material that uh, we have to make sure it's sustainable. But but I think you're right. I think if I look back at my career, probably at least in the last, um, definitely in the last 10 years, it started to ramp up. But especially probably in the last five years and especially in the last couple of years, there has been increasing um, effort by a, a broader stakeholders to understand exactly what we're doing and to make sure that we're doing it right, uh, you know, in terms of how they define right. Um, transparency really has become key if you're going to be successful. Are you seeing more jobs that are... Uh, becoming aligned, uh, even with um, like, like, would you sit in meetings with some large CPG companies who maybe are doing sustainability audits on Westrock? Are you seeing more and more jobs and titles uh, around this idea of sustainability, specifically as you know, even the political climate uh, seems to be steering towards uh, towards that end as well? Yeah, I'm definitely seeing um, a greater focus being put on sustainability um, by customers and uh, even uh, competitors. Uh, you, you, you hear about more folks, excuse me, being assigned to sustainability teams or to teams that focus on sustainability that may have a different name, like maybe citizenship or, or CSR, something like that. But definitely there's a, a much bigger focus put on in the last few years. Yeah, and the um, the 
the the interesting thing about that is your path is through the forestry side of things and you've ended up in your position but you know you can all you can also see these career paths through maybe a supply chain or a business analyst or you know a, a marketing and graphic side to get to that to get to kind of similar points and you have such a unique perspective on sustainability uh, where I think a lot of people have maybe uh, ethereal ideas or concepts about what is sustainable. And you probably can sit in a meeting and say, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been in the forest. I've been on the ground. These aren't just concepts. Let, let me tell you a little bit about what actually happens. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, you know, coming from my background, I definitely understand that environmental piece, but what I find interesting and what I try to do when I talk to, to either companies or individuals or, or groups is to remind everybody that sustainability isn't just the environmental piece of it. You know, it's the, it's the three pieces. It's environmental, economic, and social. And um, unless you can do all three of them effectively, you're not going to be successful. So you may be working hard on the environmental and the economic, but if you get the social wrong, if you get the people part of it wrong, it's eventually going to come back, and uh, you know there'll be there'll be an impact. The same thing if you if you work hard on the uh, on the environmental and the social, but you don't take stock of what you're doing in terms of you know making sure that you're economically sustainable, it, it'll, it'll have the same effect. So the companies that do it well understand that they, uh, they 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 drive sustainability throughout their throughout their business, and they try to focus on all aspects. Now, of course, depending on what uh, business you're in, you may have more uh of your your focus on a particular aspect but nevertheless you know you have to do all three well yeah i mean that's 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 100 percent. yeah that, that's totally true so when it comes to i love the three points that you brought up chris about um what what is sustainability that's been a big uh a big portion of my conversations around it is is that defining sustainability is is really critical and important um, and, and the idea of environmental, financial, and social uh, is big. And, and I, I add in a fourth one, which is uh, brand, where it, it's got to be, it, it has to be accountable to, to the company's brand as well. And so all four, or in your case, all three of those things do make, make it like in actuality, sustainable, meaning that it can, it can go on and sustain. It doesn't do any good if you're losing a bunch of money or whatever it is. So, um, I love that. What, what do you think, um, kind of looking out in the future? So in, uh, it's almost 2020, so we're in 2030 and, and really what do you think that, uh, sustainability looks like from, from your perspective on the forestry side, looking out over the long term? Um, well, I think that, um, you know, what everybody's talking about now is the circular economy, right? And, you know, if you talk to anybody in our company, uh, even in our industry, I think you'll, you'll find that they will respond, well, you know, from our perspective, we've been focused on the circular economy essentially from the beginning. You know, we, we use a renewable resource. Um, we uh, produce a, a product that's recyclable. Um, we, within our manufacturing operations, you know, we... We use renewable energy. We reuse the chemicals that we use, and uh, we um, recycle the water that's used as well. So, 
from a from from that broad perspective, you know, we are we're, we're a great contributor to the circular economy, and one of the things I think that we're going to see going forward is a much bigger emphasis on making sure that we are we've made that transition to the circular economy. So I think in ten years, hopefully, what what we see is more industries, more products, um, more communities focused on making sure that they are more circular in whatever they do. Yeah, and that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that that's been a lot of conversation too around kind of the loop and the uh, terra cycle and the and the circularity of the economy. That's um, and, and I think that the idea of reuse has really come back. Um, but I love how you put the circularity of of the manufacturing process, which is which is very much um, in you know kind of controlled by the people who are making it. So. Um, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. So, kind of our our final question here is we're getting towards the end. Um, so, what gets you incredibly excited about your about your job and about um, you know kind of about your industry? Um, what are those things that kind of get you out of bed on Monday and you're like, I can't wait to to get at you know this this stuff or these things. I think, Adam, it's it's a couple of things. Uh, number one, my job is never the same. Every single day is different. Um, whether I'm uh, trying to to work with our you know our, our internal groups on accurately communicating what we do to, to customers, or whether I'm actually out talking with customers or, or other stakeholder groups, uh, whether I'm working with our you know our, our our resource forest resources group or with the recycling team, there's always something different. There's always a challenge. Uh, which I enjoy. Um, I think what gets me out of, de- out of bed as well is also the opportunity to, to, to make a difference and to, and to change things a little bit. You know, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for, for working on our strategy uh, around sustainability. And so I always am I'm hopeful that, you know, what I do will help to propel the company forward, help us to to do the types of things we're interested in, you know, make sure that we're, you know, we're continuously using responsibly sourced materials, that we're designing the most effective and sustainable fiber-based packaging that we can, that our operations continue to be efficient, you know, we're lowering our impact, uh, minimizing waste and maximizing the use of those natural resources, and that we're actually helping customers to develop truly sustainable fiber-based packaging solutions. So that's one, another area that sort of really keeps me going as well. And then finally, I think, you know, the other desire that I have is to make an impact in, in, in our industry and to try and help our industry to become more diverse. Um, you know, as I said, I've been I've been doing this for a long time. When I started out, I was one of the few black foresters in my uh, in my graduating class. Uh, when I first came into the industry, uh, there were very few people of color. Uh, there were very few women. I've seen that change but I want to see more change. And so another aspect that I, I work on, even though it's just ten, sort of ten, it, it's tangentially related to what I do, because as, as I said, sustainability does include the social piece of it, um, but I'm not directly responsible for it. But I do try to, uh, to help to move that, uh, that issue forward as well. So those are the things that uh, sort of keep me, you know, keep me excited, get me up in the morning and uh, provide me with the challenges I need to, to continue to try to be effective. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And, and we had an opportunity at, at PAC Expo, even even though it was really briefly to kind of talk about, you know, that's one of the the goals of, of our podcast is to to share the stories of people in, um, in, in the packaging world and kind of how they get there. Uh, but there also is a sense of representation that we hope to achieve, which is um, creating a platform for um, a disproportionate amount of, of women and minorities and people of color to be able to share their stories. Um, and that's not a that's not a thing that needs to be done by companies to check a box, uh, but it really is a a great opportunity for businesses to diversify their leadership, um, to innovate. Uh, when we talk about things like sustainability, if if all you do is just surround yourself by people who look like you, talk like you, act like you, came from the same place, that idea of groupthink is really, um, it really kills innovation. And so being intentional and purposeful about interacting with and networking in circles where people are, are, are different from you is really, really important. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been one of the coolest parts about this podcast is to be able to talk with really highly skilled, you know, amazing people who come from, from different backgrounds. I mean, you're talking about sipping coffee in, uh, in the blue mountains of Jamaica. And I grew up in the, the rough and tumble streets of Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's a, that was sarcasm, by the way, there's air quotes. Um, but you know, I kind of grew up in, in the suburbs a little bit. Um, and we had different paths. And so it's cool that we can cross paths here and, uh, and be able to, um, to talk and share a little bit and really to learn a lot about your background. So I think, I think that's really cool. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It's been great for me too. And, um, you know, I hope to, uh, continue the conversation and hopefully, uh, some of your listeners will, will reach out to me, reach out to West Rock if they have an interest in learning more about what we do, learning more about what the potential opportunities for them are within the company or, or, or in other careers in our industry. So I, I just thank you. It's been, it's been great. I love meeting you at the, at PAC Expo and hopefully we can continue the conversation and get together in person soon to have that, uh, that blue mountain coffee, man. I can't, I can't wait for that. So, uh, for us to, for us to wrap up and, and I'm dead, I'm dead serious. I, I would, that would be, <laughs> that would be like a total bucket list item. Uh, so for, for people who do want to get in touch with you, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? Maybe they want, maybe they're interested in an internship. Maybe they just want to know more. Um, you know, what's, what's kind of the best way for them to find you? Uh, well, there are two ways. Um, I'd, I'd say reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, connect with me, send me a message. Uh, I'd ask that you don't just uh, send a message asking to, to connect, but tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're, what you're trying to do. Um, and then the second way is to go to our website, uh, westrock.com. Out there, you'll find a lot of great information on our company, our products, what we can offer. You can also find information on uh, our sustainability approach and also information on careers whether that's a permanent career uh, or whether it's a uh, internship or a co-op. Awesome, Chris. Um, well, this has been, uh, this has been great. I, I think that this episode's gonna, gonna, gonna kill it because this is a, it's a very hot topic and you are in a, a really cool spot to, in, to impact change. And, and I really hope that if you're listening to this and, and you want to learn about it, um, just this time on the podcast, the, the other times that I've been able to connect with Chris, um, you will not be disappointed in connecting with him and, and learning about, uh, and learning about sustainability from, from a forestry perspective and probably also from some other, 
uh, various perspectives. You know, we're not monolithic. We're very complex people. And so, um, and, and Chris, obviously from, from your background, um, you know, you have, you have other things, you know, you have, you have other things to offer other than just what your job title and specialty is. So, uh, I know Ted and I really appreciate you jumping on and, uh, excited to see what this brings. Thanks a lot, Adam. Look forward to talking with you again soon. All right, cool. You as well. Thanks, Chris. Take care. This concludes episode 10 with Chris Davidson. We'd like to thank him for sharing his experiences with us. Um, this will be the last uh, interview of season one of the People of Packaging podcast. It was a good season, man. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I'm excited for... Uh, for for our next episode, so our next episode is going to be just some highlights that uh, you know Ted's going to be pulling together, uh, some sound clips, and him and I kind of sharing our lessons learned, uh, which was a lot of lessons learned. Um, Podcasting and from our guest. Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, this has been uh, a little over uh, about a year in the making. Um, not just the interviewing, but also, you know, Ted and I talking about this. So it's fun to kind of wrap up this first first season. We're going to, um, you know, launch that sometime at the beginning of December, take a little bit of a break, hang out with our families through the holidays, and then we'll get back at it at the beginning of 2020. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the guests that we have lined up for season two. Um, thanks to everybody, you know, who's supported us so far. So. Oh, yeah. any, uh, fi- any final words on this one, Ted? Well, I look forward to another exciting season. Uh, we'll, we'll try to change some things up a bit. You'll hear a few more uh, interviews with both Adam and I uh, bringing mm-hmm. that energy to it. So, you know, definitely want to thank all of the people who participated and have shared and listened to the podcast as we continue to try to, you know, strengthen our community of packaging people and extend it uh, beyond to, to the next generation of packaging people. Yeah. Awesome. Well, our final episode is going to be a lot of fun for sure. So uh, stay tuned for that one again. Thanks to Chris. That was a, that was a great interview. Love his story. Uh, It'd be awesome to even have some guests, you know, come back on uh, in future seasons. So yeah, definitely. uh, That's all I got. All right, so signing off with episode 10, and episode 11 should be a fun one. Indeed. Indeed.